Well, welcome to New Hope Church. I'm Christian, and we're going to receive, or we're going to prepare to receive our tithes and offerings. So, ushers, if you could get ready. Um, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I'm super excited that it is finally a brand new year. Like, and especially for me, like around New Year's Eve or around New Year's time, I always have such like a huge moment of retrospection. I always think, it's like, you know, how was the past year? What did I do right? What did I do wrong? And then immediately I think of all the great times, you know, all the good times. And then I start thinking, it's like, okay, well, there's good times and then there wasn't so great times. And then there was times when I squeaked by just by the skin of my teeth. And I always think to myself, well, I made it another year. See, in the Bible, with that spirit of retrospection, it says that tithing is a very, very intentional thing. It's not something that we're called to do idly because tithing is, is an acknowledgement that we get to make that all of the great times, all of the defeats that we got through, and all of the times that we just made it, it's because of Jesus. It's because of the God that loved us. See, Tithing is so amazing because not only is it an acknowledgement of what Jesus did in our past and what he's got us through, but it's a present decision to partner with Jesus for the future. So that being said, if this is your first time here, if you're visiting from another church, please don't feel obligated to give. But for those of us that do call this our home church, this is our opportunity to give unto the Lord. You bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray that you would take and you would use this offering to further your kingdom. Lord, I pray that you would take it, you'd multiply it, and you'd use it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we say thank you to Christian? Thank you for all you do and being with the, it's funny I say being with the youth and he is kind of one but he's, he's growing up. Man, it's the new year, and new year is kind of come and gone. Are you still saying happy new year to people? You're still saying, well, happy new year then. And for those of you who are joining us live stream, happy new year too. We're going to be starting a brand new series tonight having to do with Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. So if you're familiar with Philippians 4, verse 8, you're going to know that it has to do with the way we think and how our thoughts can shape us. You can take out your church app also because the notes will be on that. And just to remind you of the church app, uh, one of the things that we're doing is being a little bit more paperless because we're using the church app, and it does a couple of things. One is it allows us to steward well the finances that God gives to us so we don't have to print so many things, but it also puts the notes right in your hands and will always be with you, and you don't have to carry a lot of papers. But we will still have uh, notes on, uh, for paper if you want to write, especially, especially on Sunday mornings we'll also have notes because there are some people who still love to write and take notes in that kind of way. So either way, you can you know, go paperless or if you want to use the app. You might be sitting next to someone who is using the app and you may not be familiar with the app. Just ask them, hey, I need help. Show me how to use the app. And don't be afraid, we're all family. Don't be shy of asking someone for help. It's no big thing and you know, we can help each other with navigating through the app. And it's, it's a, a great way for us to learn and grow together. And as we start this series in how our thoughts shape us, just think about all the times we think of good things. Doesn't it change our day? 
like when the, when the weather is good and you get up in the morning and you're thinking good thoughts, it's like your whole body feels great. You feel good. You, you feel like positive things are going to happen. It, it changes our outlook on life. But when we think negative thoughts, it's like everything caves in and then we feel something different. And it's not that if you think positive, positive things will happen. If you think negative, negative things will happen. It just so happens that sometimes when we are thinking those things, things come into our life that we weren't prepared for. So tonight, it's not about positive thinking. It's about the kind of thinking that God instructed us to have. He says to dwell on these things. Well, tonight, I want to talk to us about thinking about what is true. Because in Philippians 4, verse 8, it reads this. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. The Bible is telling us, here are eight qualities that I want you to have, or God is speaking to us, I want you to have, because as you think about these things, these things are going to shape your life. What you think about shapes you. If you think about donuts all the time, it'll literally shape you. But if you think about health, that too will shape you. It's amazing what happens up here, how powerful our thinking is. Paul the Apostle, who formerly was known as Saul, when he came to know Jesus Christ, he went through a huge mind change, a shifting of the mind. In other words, it was a transformation that took place. And that's how we're transformed. It's by the renewing of our mind, the way we think. So if the Bible is telling us to dwell on these things, it must mean it's going to transform us for good. And if Paul is speaking to the church in Philippi and he's saying, hey guys, with everything that I just spoke to you about, here are some things that is very, these things are very important for your relationship with God. This is how you should think. And he goes through those eight the list of those eight things and he starts off with saying whatever is true it's almost like Paul could foresee what would happen in our world today because how do we know what is true I mean just at the at our fingertips we have any type of information we need we can pop up anything and and read whatever information we want it's at our fingertips and at any given time we can find any answer we want the question is not if we can find information the question is is the information we're finding true have you ever watched the news and they talk about what's happening in the white house what's happening with the senate and the uh, you know house of representatives and then one side says this the other side says this and they're both different like one side says, no, they said this. The other side says, no, we didn't say this. They said this. And like you're wondering, okay, well, who is telling the truth? Like what is true? And God forbid we bring up politics in a family setting. So what is true? Is it what the president says? Is it what uh, the House of Representatives say or the Senate says? Does it, is it what, what this person says or that person? No, I'm not saying yes or no when it comes to politics. What I am saying is, we just don't know what is truth. Not just with what's happening in the White House, but what is happening in our house. What is happening in our neighbor's house. What is happening in the, wor in the workplace. What is happening in our personal lives. Like, how do we know what is truth? How do, how do we know what is true? Because in order for us to think about what is true, as the Bible is saying, we need to know what is true. 
How do I think about something that I don't know that is accurate? I, I want to think about what is true, but what do I follow? And then to bring it to a personal level, what do I know is true about my life? What if someone says this about me? Is that true? What if I say this about me? Is that true? What if I've been believing something all my life that my mom have been, has been saying, my dad has been saying, my doctor has been saying, this psychiatrist or this person, that friend, that ex-person, how do I know what is true and what do I believe? Because I want to think about what is true, but what is true and how do I follow that? Now, I'm going to do an exercise, and you may have done this before. I'm going to ask you to, uh, ask you to take out your phone real quick, okay, and, and just get ready to open up an app. I'm going to, I'll let you know which app to open up. And you can, if you have an iPhone, you can just swipe down and then get ready to type in which app I'm going to ask you to open. I'm pretty sure we all have this app because it comes standard with the phone, okay? This is probably the first time I'm going to ask you to open up an app other than the church app, Okay. So before you open up this app, I want all of us, especially for those of you who are competitive, I want you to, on the count of three, point north. One, two, three, go. What? I said on the count of three. Only two of you guys pointed north. You guys scared point wrong way, right? Yeah, I know what it is. That's how competitive you are. Like, you know, I'm not going to be wrong. Where is, where is north? Come on, just go. One, two, three, go. Just try, just try. I mean, you, you only have a 360 chance of being wrong. Okay, okay, so open up the app. Type in compass. Type in compass, okay? And open up, and, and then turn your phone. You don't have to stand up. Just turn your phone to where is north. North should be that way. Right? So, and I don't act. Some of you are like, yeah, yeah, I knew, I knew. But you didn't even raise your hand. So you didn't, you didn't point. But north is that way. It's amazing. Some of you are like, oh, up. <laughs> That's north, north, south, yeah, west, and east. Well, technically, according to you, that's north, south, east, and west. But if you think about it, north is, is always north. North will always be north. True north, now there's, the, there's true north and there's magnetic north, right? The, the earth uh, magnets, uh, what is it? The true north and then we, we are, I think Hawaii is 11 degrees uh, uh, off of true north. It's the magnet north, magnetic north. Am I correct on that? Am I saying the right thing? There's a um, the difference, right? So you want to be true north. If you're 11 degrees off, it's not that bad if you're going from here to your car. You can kind of find it. But if you're going from here to Canada, you will be far off if you're 11 degrees off. And the reason why I bring that up is because something needs to be true north in our life. Something needs to be truth. Something's going to guide us, and it has to be truth. Otherwise, how do we know what is truth? For some of us, we'll say, oh, no, this is truth. No, that's truth. No, that's truth. And we'll point in whatever direction we feel is truth to us. And it's, it's interesting how the world will play it out. The world will say, no, 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 no. It's not what the Bible is saying. It's what you feel. Like, the Bible, like, like people are saying or the world is saying, follow what you feel. Don't let anyone tell you this is how you should live. This is, this is how your life should be. 
And it, it sounds correct. It almost sounds like we can follow that. So what happens is our, our, our minds and the way we think is trained to justify whatever we want to do in what we feel like doing. And we can justify it. Even though we may know the word of God and we know it's true, we can justify based upon how we feel. But the Bible doesn't instruct us to follow what we feel. It says, whatever is true. This is what we follow. You know, here in Hawaii, we don't use north, south, east, and west. But my mainland friends do. So when I go to the mainland and I say, oh, how do you get to this place? Okay, you go north. I'm like, you lost me. <laughs> no, you just travel north. I don't know where north is. We know Mauka and Makai. We know mountain and ocean. So even my friends from Biola, when I, when I give them instructions, they're like, do I go south? I'm like, no. Um, you see the mountain? Go opposite. So you're going to meet me now on Bayfront. You're going to go to the beach. And if you're going up, turn around. Like directions is not, we don't need directions here in Hawaii, north, south, east, and west, unless you're navigating out at open sea. But because we have north, south, east, and west, and we try to figure our way through life physically, we should be doing that spiritually. You know on Oahu, I, I just read this, on Oahu, north and south King Street is mostly east and west. <laughs> and North King Street is south of South King Street. So even signs that we have on our roads are not literal. So it is in life and with all the information that we have at our fingertips, how do we know what is accurate? How do we know what is true? In John chapter 8, verses 44 and 46, I'll read it. By the way, John was writing this, this, his book, so that we would believe in Christ, but more than that, that we would be accurate in what we would believe in Jesus Christ. Act, uh, John chapter 8, verse 44, when Jesus was speaking uh, with the people and he was talking to the leaders and the Jewish people in whose children they, whose children they were. Like, were they God's children? Were they children of Abraham? And so they're, they're having this theological debate and Jesus says to them, if, if, God, if God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. Then he switches gears a little bit, and it sounds pretty, pretty intense. He says, you belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. You know what Jesus is saying? That there is an adversary called the devil who is the father of lies. And the reason why the Bible tells us to dwell on what is true is because the devil will always come at us with what is false and what is a lie. And if we don't know what is true, we won't know what is a lie. If we don't know the truths of God, the devil can come with us with all kinds of lies and we'll take it as truth. 
He's a master at counterfeit. You know, counterfeit agents or those who need to find out what is counterfeit, they don't study counterfeit bills. They study the real one. They don't have to study the thousands of counterfeit bills that are out there. They just study the real one. Why? Because this is the true north. This one doesn't change all of the counterfeits. They're different. So they study the real deal. That's our heart. That's why Paul was saying, whatever is true, Dwell on these things. You know, it's like, like Paul is saying, study what is true. Study the real deal. Because then you'll be able to pick out what is of the adversary. You know, before Jesus went to the cross, Pilate, who was, uh, was kind of governing that region of the Roman uh, brigade or the, the Roman empire, Pilate was there when Jesus was about to be crucified. And it's almost like Pilate had the power to release Jesus or to execute him. So Pilate has this moment with Jesus, and Pilate says to Jesus in John 18, 37, he says, these people are saying you're their king. Are you a king? Because they only knew about Caesar, and there's no other king besides Caesar. And he said, are you a king then? And Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. So Jesus said, this is why I've come, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. You know, when, when Jesus says, you know, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice, if you want to live by truth, you're going to hear the voice of God. But if you want to play halfway, kind of be mediocre in it and, and kind of justify things and kind of be in the middle and, oh, I don't want to follow Jesus all the way. I just want some of it. I just want salvation. I just want some of it. I just want him to help me and save me, but I'm not going to follow him all the way. I'm going to justify and he says, then you're not going to hear my voice. In other words, out of the thousand voices that you're going to hear, his won't be one of them. That's a tough place to be in. It's a very difficult place to be in as being a believer. For us to say, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I can't hear his voice, that's a scary thought. But he gives us hope. He says, no, no, no. But if you, if you follow truth, you're going to hear my voice. When Pilate asked the question, what is truth? I, I, I would have hoped that Pilate would have stuck around a little bit, but he didn't. And he said, I, I find no fault with him. And then, of course, we know that Jesus went to the cross. See, truth, we can't think of truth as not lying. Because if we think of truth is not lying, then we're saying truth has power because of lying. But truth existed before lying. Lying exists because of truth. Not the other way around. Not saying, okay, I'm not lying, therefore that's true. No, no, no. It's this truth has always existed. We can't mix up the two. Truth doesn't become truth because of his, its inconsistency with lying. Lying exists because there is truth. But truth doesn't exist because of lying. Truth has always existed. Lying hasn't. It only came in when the devil brought in untruth and false accusations now there is there is a side of truth that 
we need to also be realistic in a practical way. Like, have you ever, as, as even children growing up, like we used to do this with our, with our cousins, uh, friends, and, and neighbors, that we would say, I, I bet you cannot jump from that tree to that tree. And you're, you know, 20 feet in the air. And then people say, no, he can't. And we know they can't make it. But we would, we would kind of encourage them and say, no, you can't. You can do it. You can do it. And we would say that only so that we could watch them fall. <laughs> only so that they get hurt. Like, I bet you cannot jump this ramp into the water. I bet you cannot clear this. And they would say, no, I can. And people would cheer them on. Yeah, we know you can. You can do this. And, be, you know, kind of murmuring to ourselves. We're like, oh, you're going to hit his face against the wall. Like, we, we say what we want and people believe that it's true. And they start kind of hyping themselves up and say, I can, I can do this. Why? Because this person said this, this person said this, and then lo and behold, they jump, hit their face, jump, miss the tree, whatever it is, and they get hurt along the way. There's the realistic side of, if I think it's truth because it feels right, and I'm not really following truth only because I feel like it's truth, but it doesn't line up with God's word, I may hit some walls. See, truth, tr truth is there so that we can find our way. Because if not for truth, how would we know where to go? Something needs to be solid and sure. The Bible says that God is the God of truth. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 17 and 18, I love this because it really solidifies who God is when it comes to truth. It says, God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. See, every word that God speaks, every word of God is truth. The word of his promise is truth. His unchanging word is truth. That's one of the two unchanging things. His word is truth. His unchanging word is absolutely true. The oath which he confirms the promises, that never changes. His unchanging oath. Like, there was nothing higher than God, so he had to make an oath to himself. And he says, these two things are not going to change. My word, my oath. And he gave us his word in who he says he's going to be for us. And he made an oath saying, this is who you are in me. That doesn't change. It is truth. And it is what God has said. And God doesn't change. He is always the same. God knew that future generations would doubt him and be tempted to give up and be discouraged when they're persecuted or, or even us, when we believe in what the devil is saying or a lie that's coming our way or a delay in God fulfilling his promises, God knew we would be discouraged. That's why he gave us his word and his oath. John 15, 5, when Jesus was talking about being connected to him, he says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches, and those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. What he's saying is, Apart from me, there is no truth. So no matter where you go, you're not going to accomplish anything. Why? Because you'll be wandering around in life with nowhere to go, and you'll be fruitless. You're not going to bear fruit in your life. 
So when it comes to thinking about what is true, we can all think about what is true by choosing three biblical truths. Here's the first one. Choose truth regardless of my feelings. Like you gotta choose truth. You're not gonna feel truth. You have to choose it. Truth is not a feeling. You don't feel your way to truth. Truth is what it is regardless of our feelings. We can't change truth because we feel bad about it and say, I don't want to follow that, so I'm going to change truth because I feel this way. I want to do this thing, but it's not the truth, so I'm going to change truth. Now I feel better. And if I can change truth, ah, now I don't feel bad. In other words, we feel like we can justify our behavior by, by changing truth. But we're not changing truth at all. All we're doing is just rewording things. That's all we do in life. We reword things. But God is always truthful. True north is always true north. True north is not based on feelings. Pilate, when he made that decision, based truth on feelings. He didn't, he didn't know what truth was. So he did what he felt. John 1.17 tells us that the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So Jesus gave us truth. That's where truth comes from. That's how we can know what is true truth, because of Jesus Christ. We can follow him. And we need to decide to follow truth. It's a choice that we make. We, we have to decide what will lead us and what we will follow we got to choose what will lead us. Because if, if, you don't, if you don't lead your feelings, then your, your feelings are going to lead you. Those are the only two options. If you don't direct your feelings where it should be, then your feelings are going to direct you where your feelings want you to be. If you don't manage your feelings, then your feelings are going to manage you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make us go to places that we really don't want to go, but we feel like going. And because we justify it, we think that we don't have consequences. But when there's no truth and we follow that, there are consequences just as when we follow truth. When we follow truth, there are rewards. When we don't follow truth, there are consequences. And it's not rewarding at all. We got to choose truth. 2 Corinthians 4.2 tells us that we reject all shameful deeds and un and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. You know what Paul the Apostle is saying? Truth doesn't conflict with truth. It supports it. Truth will always support truth. It doesn't conflict with it. It doesn't conflict with it. it truth supports truth. That's why Paul could say that. He says, and all who are honest know this. When you're living an honest life, honesty supports it. Truth supports it. But if you're living a dishonest life, truth is not going to support it, no matter how much you try and twist it. Truth can't support untruth. It supports truth. So choose truth, not what you feel. The second thing is to change towards what is true. Like, we have to change towards what is true, not try to change what is true towards us. Instead of saying, well, I gotta, what if I can find in the Bible some place that justifies my feelings? Oh, you can find it. You can take Scripture out of context very easy. Very easy. 
That's why Paul was saying these things. That's why Paul wrote a lot of the letters in the New Testament because the people weren't following God's laws. They were following what they felt. So Paul had to come in and he says, okay, guys, finally, of, of everything that we've been saying, whatever is true, dwell on these things. Because you're no longer following what is true, you're following what you feel. And they're running into all kinds of problems. And he says, this is why you're running into these problems. You need to change towards what is true, not the other way around. Change your ways towards what is true. Change your thoughts to what is true. Change your habits to what is true. Your actions to what is true. Your methods and how you do things to what is true. The systems that you follow. Your lifestyle. Change to what is true. Not try to change truth to you. That's why Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24 the psalmist, David, King David, he writes this. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. In other words, he's saying, like, look into my heart because I've been following my feelings. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. He's saying, there's things going on up here, God, in my mind. Can you try me and then know my anxious thoughts? There's a lot of anxiety in there. And see if, there's any, any, see if there be any hurtful way in me. And then he says, lead me in the everlasting way. McDavid was saying, there are some things are, that are in me. God, can you change me to go back to truth, to go into the way that is everlasting? Because the way I'm, I've been following is not everlasting. There are dead ends. It's very temporal. I feel one way, I follow it, dead end. Consequences. I feel another way, I follow that, dead end. Consequences. Lord, lead me in the way that's everlasting, in the way that it's truthful. Is it difficult? Absolutely. But the pain of following truth is far less painful than the consequences of following what is false. Far less painful. And it's our choice what we're going to choose, but if we change toward what is true, there is reward at the end. When, when David said, try me, that word means to examine, to scrutinize, to test as you test gold. Like purify me. I want to be pure. In order to get there, I have to be tested. I have to be refined. I have to go through these trying times. Malachi chapter, chapter 3 verse 6, God says this, I am the Lord and I do not change. Now it almost sounds like, what do you mean you don't change? Well, because God doesn't have to change. He is already perfect. Like if we said to each other, honey, I don't need change. That's very discouraging. Why? Because we're imperfect people. We would, we would love each other to change, right? We want to get better. We want to we do better in life. And we want to we follow God's very best. But in order to do that, we got to change. If we've been saying the same thing through 2018, coming into 2019, of a behavioral pattern or something that's happening, it's an indication that I haven't been changing towards what is true. I've just been doing the same thing over and over, over and over. If you're in a relationship and you're like 10 years in dealing with the same things, it's an indication we haven't changed towards what is true. We've been waiting for the other person to change. 10 years. If it hasn't been working for 10 years, not gonna work for the next 10 years. Change yourself to what is true. Don't wait for the other person. Why would we want to wait for the other person? Just we can change, and God will empower us to do greater things. Change to what is true, not the other way around. And in order for us to, to have a, 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 a perfect or proper way of navigating, if we're using a compass, then we, as we use the compass, 
We change. We change according to the compass. I don't, I don't tell true north, change. I don't say, oh, that's true north. I like go that way. So true north, you need to be this way. You can't do that. True north stays true north. The north star is always the north star. The north star is always there. It's consistent. Why? Because God created it to be like that. That's how you navigate. It stays there. If we say truth change, it wouldn't be truth. But we need to change towards truth. And in order for us to use the Bible, we got to change toward the Bible. Not God, change this. It's no, I need to change to that. Imagine if True North kept changing. Imagine if True North just kept changing and, and we, we need to find where we need to go. Imagine if you're, you're using GPS and it just kept changing and kept rerouting because True North kept changing. You know, we would never get to where we would want to go. Imagine those who, who sail the seas using the stars and then all of a sudden they're looking at the stars. Remember Moana was using her hand and she's looking. Imagine if the North Star went zip. How would you find your way? You would not find your way. Why? Because truth, supposedly, is changing. But I'm so glad that truth never changes. But we can. We can change towards truth. And it almost seems like a discouraging thought, but it is a very encouraging thought because of who God is, because of the truth that he gives to us. We can change towards him. John 17, verses 15 through 17 Jesus is praying, and he's praying to the Father, and he says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. If you've ever been wondering, but I don't know what is true, go to the Bible. Yeah, but the Bible is not relevant. I don't know how to read the Bible. Then keep reading it. No, but I don't understand it. Then keep reading it. Yeah, but when I read it, it's just so confusing. Then keep reading it. Anything you do that you want to accomplish, you keep doing until you learn it. You just keep learning it over and over. Here, I, I'll give you, like, I love art. I love art. I can do art, no problem. Put a fishing pole in my hand, problem. I'm not a fisherman. Tell me to tie a hook, I'm going to tie knots. That's what I'm going to do. Kimo, I'm sorry, but I will tie knots if you take me fishing. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the hook, put the, the suji. I was going to say put the thread. See, that's even worse. If I use thread for fishing, I'm not going to catch nothing. For me to put that things together, not going to work. If I, if I catch something, praise the Lord. <laughs> but that's not my thing. I don't know how to, but if, if I want to learn fishing, I will learn it, and I will keep trying over and over again. I'll go golfing. I'm not a golfer, but I like being with people. So I'll learn it over and over and over and over, and I'll bring a lot of golf balls because I'm learning. And if it goes in the bushes, then hey, it's gone, but I just, I'll keep learning. I don't stop because I don't know how. I keep trying until I know how. And so it is with the Word of God, which is truth. You keep reading it until you begin to understand more and more and more. Even if you understand 1% of what you're reading, 
apply 100% of that 1% because that is far greater than following 100% of what is not truth. 1% of the Bible is more powerful than 100% of the world. And you keep learning, you keep growing. Go to our resource center. We have Bibles and, and study Bibles. We have books to help with reading the Bible. Divine Mentor is such a good book in how to read the Bible. We have a systematic way of reading the Bible. We have a bookmarker that we follow. We have tools. We have resources to help you with the Word of God. And it's a small investment. Like it's less than, it's about the, about the same price as two trips to like Hawaiian brain freeze for me. Yeah, or if you drink coffee or, or something. It's a small investment for your spiritual walk. Get a journal and just journal every day. And it may seem difficult. In the beginning, it will be. But in the long run, you're choosing to follow what is truth. Then when doubts come in, or negative things come in, or what is said towards you, or when you sin or make a mistake, you're going to be able to change to what is true because now you know what is truth. And then finally, number three, the last thing, just continuing, continue to follow the right guide. Continue, 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 continue. Any of you grew up in the 80s, just raise your hand real quick, 80s, arcades. You would go to the arcade. You know, you know what I loved about the arcades is when you could continue a game. You don't have to put another quarter in, but you could continue. Like those games, you could continue on. Even today with some apps that if you play games and you can continue. Like, it's not the end of the game. You can continue. You can save and then continue. Or if you're learning something, you can continue to learn it. If we continue with truth and we continue to follow the right guide, we'll be okay because we're following what is true. Heidi and I were, I, I think we're in the mainland, and we're supposed to go to this, to this one hotel. And Heidi said, do you want me to um, navigate and do GPS? I'm like, no, I got it. Like, trying to save our marriage, right? Because... One person navigating, the other person driving, wrong turn. It's like hell on earth after that. So I said, no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll do this and I'll put the GPS up. And I punched in the wrong hotel. And because it saves different hotels, but it, was, it saved the right name of the hotel, but it was the wrong place. So I punched it in and we're driving. And it, was, it should have only taken us maybe 15, 20 minutes, but it was already 15, 20 minutes. I'm like, why is it? Why is it so much further? And I'm looking at this, and but I'm not saying nothing to Heidi. There's no way I'm going to tell Heidi, I think we're lost. There's no way I'm going to say that because then she wins. <laughs> so I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, where are we going? So I go to that hotel, and Heidi says, this is not the hotel. And I'm like, yeah, I wonder. But it says this is the hotel, and she looks at it, and she goes, oh, they, they, they took us to the wrong hotel. I'm like, what? Oh, man. And I really felt convicted by the Lord. He says, you know that you know you did wrong. And you're letting this go so you don't look wrong. And I'm like, so what did I do? You got to confess. <laughs> and so I said, you know what, Heidi? I, I, punched, in, I punched in the wrong hotel and she was so gracious she was so gracious she said you know let's just put in the right hotel and then no problem because we had no schedule we weren't in a time crunch we were probably on vacation or something and she said no it's fine we're good to go she punched in the right one and then we made it to our hotel the right hotel and everything was fine no fighting we had a great vacation 
birds chirping, we were floating, and everything was good. <laughs> Only because we got to find the right path. Imagine if we only stayed on the wrong path, went into the hotel, grumbled with the person, and said, no, 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 this is the hotel. Imagine if I didn't confess and I said, Heidi, no, let's go in, and, and just kept, kept going at it. We would, we would be in a worse, worse condition than if we just said, you know what, we got to follow the right guide. That's what happens in life when we follow the wrong guide. If we follow our feelings, follow ourselves, follow what the world says, we're going to find ourselves in situations that we cannot get out of, and we'll be stuck Versus confessing to God and saying, God, I was following the wrong guide all this time. I confess this to you. Put me back on the right track. Lead me in the way that is everlasting. Just lead me. John 16, verse 13, Jesus tells us and he encourages us. He says, you know when the spirit of truth comes? He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. In other words, the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes, he tells us about the future. Like he sets us up for success because he knows what the future is going to look like. Have you ever gotten lost in a store when you were young or even when you're older? But when you're younger, you get lost. I mean, it's like the end of the world. I got lost in a store in Ala Moana with my mom when I was younger. And this is what she told me. She said, Sheldon, stay close by me because I don't want you to get lost. I think she knew something about me that she had to give me that warning. So she said, stay right by me. Stay right by my side. Wherever I go, you stay by me. Like back then, we never had leashes. The leash was this. You hold mommy's hand. Now you just clip them on and you go. Well, I had no leash. So I just, I just on my own. And it was just maybe a minute that I didn't see where my mom was. But I kept trying to grab, you know how you stick your hand in the gum, the gum thing and you try to grab gum? Kids, don't do that because now they go on safety things. So anyway, so I was, I was so focused on trying to get gum from the bubblegum machine that I don't know where my mom went. And so finally, I'm trying to find her and I, I can't find her. And then you know how you have the security guard know you're lost? Security guard came up to me and said, hey, young man, are you lost? When I heard the word lost... Then I got, I, I, I got scared. When I heard lost, then I started to think, wait, what, am, I, am, I lost? am I lost? And so he said, are you lost? Where's your parents? I'm like, I don't know. He said, who are you with? I'm like, oh, I'm with my mom. And so he said, well, well, come with me, and then maybe we can find where your mom is. So they took me by the register, and then you hear on the speaker system, uh, we have a lost child, and they, 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 you know, blue shirt, you know, blue jeans, and they explained my, my, who I was. And then, um, and then he says, what is your name? Oh, my name is Sheldon. What is your mom's name? Mom? I don't, and I, I was so small. I, I don't know if I gave them my mom's name. All I knew was it took some time, and it felt like forever. And then, of course, when mom finds you, you break out in crying. And, it's like, ah, and then you get dirty lickings and the whole thing. But my, my, what, what I remember my mom saying is, you have to stay close by me or else you're going to get lost. Do you know that the Holy Spirit says he's the guide? But we got to stay close to him because we can easily get distracted by bubblegum in the world and miss out on being close to God. And next thing you know, a day goes by, two days go by, three days, three months, a year, two years. We're so far from God. And we don't even know how we got there. 
But if we continue to follow the right guide, you may miss a day or two. You may be a little bit lagging behind, but you're not too far. We continue to follow him. Continue because when the spirit of truth comes, he's going to guide us into all truth. I want to encourage you with this. If you feel distant from God, you're really not too far from him. You may feel 10,000 miles away from God, but he's actually only one step from you because he will travel the 9,000 plus miles to get right to you. That's what it means when the Bible says God will never leave us nor forsake us. It's our one step back to him. In this series that we're going to go through, in the way we think and what God is teaching us, let's begin with thinking about whatever is true. Follow what is true. The spirit is going to guide us. He's going to lead us. I want to close with this story, and, and you can put away your notes if you need to, but we're planning a trip to Israel this year, and, and some of you are uh, going to be going. Some of you are thinking of it, and if you have not heard of it, in September we're going to be taking a, a trip to Israel, a tour, and many of us from the church are going to be going. We're meeting in January. Is it the 23rd, uh, Susan, January 23rd at 4 o'clock in the Mighty Marvels room? And we've been meeting uh, every so often, but that's our next meeting. And if you want more information, uh, please see me or Susan who assists me and or one of the staff members and they can direct you. But one of the guides that we have is a man by the name of Ronnie. And this guy is, is, is so phenomenal because he knows history. And as he's telling us things, we're not just visiting locations and seeing things. He, he tells what it's all about. And he speaks about the archaeological findings. He speaks about what the Bible says. And so everything lines up with the Bible, the Word of God. And everything is truth. It's accurate. And he will, he will take us to a certain location and he'll say, like, like this, is, this is the exact place where uh, Jesus was walking and uh, you can just see right over here. This is where he's walking. And so you can line it up, turn to this chapter in the Bible. And so we'll turn in the Bible and we'll read it. And it's, the scenery is exactly what the Bible says. And you feel something. And it, it does something to you. It's almost like truth changes our feelings before we feel like changing. Like sometimes we think, I need to feel first, then change. But what God does is he gives us truth so we know what to change towards. Then our feelings catch up later. There were other tour, uh, tour guides going and they would just visit locations. And I would watch the people and they would take pictures. They would do, you know, selfies and group pictures. But the tour guide wasn't giving them any archaeological findings or any biblical truth. It was just, oh, this is this place, and, and here you can see this. And, and it's like it was just a tourist spot for some people, which was fine for them because they were, they were enjoying their time. But when we were learning about the truth about where we were, it did something to us. We didn't go to a place to see and just enjoy. We were at a place where truth took place that lined up with the word of God and it did something in us. When you continue to follow 
the guide unto all truth, something happens. Instead of saying, you know, God, when I change, then I'll follow you. Flip that around and say, God, I'm going to follow you. That's the first change. Everything else he'll do because he has the power to change us. Can't do this on our own. It's just one step close to him. One step closer. One step closer. So if you ever feel distant from God, it's not he that moved. It was us. Let's take that one step and draw close to God. Follow his ways. And whatever is true, dwell on these things. We're going to pray. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a moment. And we'll pray. Pray together. Being the first Wednesday of our year together. Lord, we are so grateful that you have given us a spirit to guide us. It's not our feelings that are going to guide us. It's not going to be social media. It's not going to be the media, temptations or trends, what everyone else is doing or politics. The spirit of truth is going to guide us. And truth needs a guide because we don't arrive at truth. We're led into it. And so teach us your truth. And when we're walking in the truth, even though we may feel lost at times, we'll always find our way and help us to be the kind of people that dwells on whatever is true. When Pilate said, what is truth? If he stuck around for a little while, he would have recognized that he was staring directly at truth. Because Jesus, you came with grace and truth. You came to fulfill everything that the Father wanted because you are truth. So help us to dwell on whatever is of you, Lord, whatever is true. And when we do, we're going to be able to say to you, Jesus, that even though our lives are, are not flawless, that we find no fault in you. So lead us, Lord in the everlasting way. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said together, amen, amen. Keep following what is true. Whatever is true, dwell on these things, okay?